Welcome to another episode of Venture Unlocked, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the business of venture capital. I'm your host, Samir Kaji. Today's episode is with Kelsey Chase, founder of Omni, a company that helps fund managers unlock valuable data contained in actual deal documents. For those that know me, I'm a big believer in data in all aspects of fund management. And Kelsey and I had a great chat about how firms can use data to easily drive better decision-making and get to institutional quality much earlier than ever imagined. Now, without any delay, let's get into the episode to hear all of that and more. Kelsey, it's so great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Samir. Really looking forward to it. I have too. So you guys have done some amazing things in really bringing unique data to the market that informs both GPs and LPs. And we're going to definitely talk through that and on why it matters and exactly what you do. Prior to starting Omni, I think three years ago, you were an attorney you know, working on deal docs, seeing things. What led to the starting of Omni? What was the problem that you were looking to solve? What we do at Omni was in large part inspired by my my prior life as a corporate attorney. And I, I started my career at Wilson Sonsini, um, also worked at several other firms, including DLA Piper, which is where I, I worked before starting this company. You know, through that experience, and I should mention that my co-founder, Tony, is also a former corporate lawyer who, in addition to working at a firm, spent time in, in the back office of a large firm. And really, the two of us as, as deal attorneys focusing in venture capital and, and private company representation and working with investors, we were, we were generally you know, frustrated and, and saw a huge opportunity to address the way that the, the ecosystem was treating and, and thinking about data. So when you think about a typical venture deal, it's a couple hundred pages of heavily negotiated legal text. And effectively, when the deal closes, all of the parties and stakeholders are really you know, doing nothing with leveraging that data. So we saw a real opportunities to go in and be the, in the audit grade source of data stemming from the underlying legal agreements that sit behind venture capital investments. And you know, from that kind of core pain point that we were addressing, we've, we've really built and scaled out an amazing company and platform, uh, working with you know well over 100 firms in the ecosystem right now, and uh, definitely having a lot of fun doing it. So going back to something you said about looking at all of these you know pieces of um, text and information that are ingrained in these deal docs, what did you actually find when you looked at those things? Because a lot of you know GPs when they're entering and you know they have what they believe is the case, they look at the term sheet perhaps. But what did you actually find was the main problem that was in these deal docs that wasn't necessarily reflecting in how people were you know viewing their own positions? What we do is we we analyze hundreds of data points and we are quality assuring, running validations, kind of constantly studying studying that data and all of the transactions that we look at. One of the surprising things that we we uncovered, and maybe it's surprising and not surprising to other folks, but these issues have discrepancies with them that make the information they're reporting on or relying on inaccurate or incomplete or uh, can be a whole host of different reasons. What we've done is, is we bring light to those issues and, and assist our firms with, with uncovering them and resolving them, but then allow the firms to take advantage of, of all of that structured data. So it's kind of coming back to, to your question. There's a core question that, that you could ask venture investors that it's kind of surprising the types of answers that you would get, but how do you actually confirm and validate what you own? Uh, the capital, the investment that you wired and the deal that you closed, how do you actually verify that? And so I think Omni brings a lot of information and analytics and light uh, and value to answering that question at its core. And you know, I think that's 
incredibly important. And, and one thing I want to highlight is that we've seen this transformation of the venture industry uh, from you know just a few hundred firms at the time of the uh, the Great Recession, and now going to thousands that are active. And when I do talk to most emerging managers, the conversation typically around differentiation is centered on, you know, what's your sourcing? How do you win deals? What are the things that you do uniquely to help founders? But very rarely do I hear differentiation around institutionalizing the infrastructure. And we're seeing LPs ask for a lot more, even from the small firms, and they're expecting some of these institutional grade operations. Tell us a little bit about what you're hearing and what you're seeing emerging managers do to really operationalize in a way that today's LPs expect. The private markets are really going through a tremendous um, evolution right now. Part of the, the growth and excitement around venture capital and the allocations that, that the institutional LP community are, are making to this segment, um, there is a growing market and more money is coming into the market. And what you have, generally speaking, is uh, you know, the venture industry is is um, is, is lacking in, in a way to, to to really in a powerful way track and understand and leverage data. I think what we had talked about, Samir, is I think one way firms can differentiate is let data be your differentiator. And I know you and I were speaking with a major institution a couple of days ago, and this kind of the spattering of in the posture and, and capabilities of reporting across different firms and managers in the venture ecosystem is on kind of a wild and crazy spectrum. And so where we see the Omni platform is at, at a basic level, we're giving firms an institutional grade data platform, something that allows them to report and speak you know, in a co- coherent way with existing LPs that have questions about uh, the, the firm and their data, but also prospective LPs. It's really a tool that allows um, especially emerging managers to differentiate their operational posture and, and professionalism to major institutions. And what we also hear from the LP community is, is a really an increasing desire for more disclosure, more transparency, at least a, a more seamless way to share information between managers and, and uh, LPs. So I think the Omni platform fits in really nicely and can be very useful in helping address some of that, that pain and helping facilitate some more free-flowing information. So, so if you look at that and, you know, an average emerging manager may have 25, 30, 40 companies in a portfolio, and that given portfolio company might be in other seed funds. And oftentimes what I've seen in the past is the carrying value could be different, you know, for that same company across funds. I'm just curious, like, what do you see as the future of, you know, creating a level of consistency and accuracy, you know, using data in particular in systems like yourself? One of the phenomenal things that we do is we allow firms very deep and granular access to data in their portfolio that otherwise lives in a PDF or is otherwise being kept up manually in some spreadsheet technology. And, and really at that, just tracking a handful of, of data points across the portfolio. So what we do is we give firms uh, the ability to kind of tap into all of this information and data that we're structuring, analyzing, and validating. And they can unlock that through our, our platform and have the ability to, to answer questions. So one of the things that many LPs will want to know, especially for a manager that, that is you know, launching a first-time fund, may not have the kind of legacy pedigree or attribution from prior firms, is to speak to the, the syndication credibility that they are able to, you know, to garner from their portfolio. So which firms can they syndicate with? 
which firms are marking up their their companies in portfolio. The only way to to do that analysis and get to that questions is to actually to to structure the data and make it available. So our platform can be useful even in that scenario for a fundraising discussion where an LP has kind of very fair questions, but without a sophisticated data infrastructure, almost you know impossible to answer on the spot. And even you know, beyond that, it's it's very manual and time intensive to go get those types of answers. I think the other thing it instructs, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but as I think about data becoming much more ubiquitous and much more accurate, it, it in some ways can drive these other markets that have been created. For example, secondary markets, I think, are continuing to to rise in both um, you know the number and the efficiency, particularly direct secondaries. Isn't this something that could really drive even more volume through that part of the market? As private markets are maturing and evolving, I mean, one thing we we absolutely see in the data, secondary markets are here. They are already here and active. And one of the cool things that we get to look at is we see it at even the earliest stages. So at the earliest preferred financing rounds, we are seeing investors, founders, there are liquidity events and, and opportunities to you know, to create secondary markets at the early stages of a company. So I think if I were kind of launching a fund today, many of these sophisticated LPs will ask questions around, does your firm have a secondary strategy? Uh, I think the whole paradigm of venture that this is a a long relationship, it is a long investment period, uh, long cycle, 10 years plus, is still true in a lot of ways. But what we see is, is liquidity is coming earlier. There are different and evolving venture models that we're seeing all the time that are trying to take advantage of these, these growing markets. So it's, it is something we track in the data and we, we see a, a growing number of activity. And I think really just, <laughs> it's interesting for me as a former lawyer to compare that with uh, how things were, were done as, as an attorney and just the amount of secondary activity that you would see in a typical list of venture-backed companies that you would represent at Wilson, for example. And it wasn't very much. I mean, it wasn't really a common fixture in the market, something that you would see with a, a lot of frequency. And that is is definitely changed. Uh, we are in sort of a new phase of of private markets, and I only see it continuing to go and, and evolve in that direction. Well, you touched on something I think is interesting, which is there is a component of venture that falls under alternatives and the mainstreaming of alternatives. Illiquidity has always been the major pain point with venture capital. I agree with you. I have seen much more liquidity being unlocked earlier through these secondaries. But, you know, there are certain parts of the market that are still really inefficient. One of them is LP secondaries, which then speaks to things like the LPA. I know we've centered this conversation around deal docs, but I also see there not really being much standardization about LPAs and different things that are in there that sometimes are buried within 100 pages of documentation. Is that something that you're also looking at? And where do you think are some of the things that can be unlocked by, you know, looking at LPAs and actually standardizing, at least getting some information around those? Absolutely. We'll be expanding Omni's analytics to doing, you know, doing much more than just direct venture capital investing. So absolutely, we're, we're, we're focused on it and trying to bring a data strategy and a data infrastructure to more of the alternative asset classes, more of the kind of natural progressions of the capital stack that you see in a in a venture portfolio, for example. So maybe this, this example will miss the mark, but I think it's a really colorful one. My, my wife um, is a teacher, was a teacher in California. And there's this sort of dream state in the you know, future as to how you could see you know, her retirement, her pension, how that money is actually allocated. I mean, 
pension funds are allocating a significant portion of that to private markets. As the private markets kind of fully mature, there there is a way to give ultimate transparency and visibility into the exposure, what types of industries, um, what companies, what types of private funds are, are pension funds investing into. And so that's, I think, the for me, the vision where we will definitely realize. And Omni is very biased in, in how we view our part in that. I think we're going to be key to accelerating the maturity of those markets. But I like to just think of that kind of waterfall of, of where the ultimate capital is sort of coming from and and how it kind of permeates through the market and ultimately being this, you know, seeing with ultimate transparency and, and validating every step of those individual transactions that occur. Yeah, I totally agree. And on the topic of data and automation, certainly we've seen it in the venture community as it relates to traditional investment activities, be it sourcing, picking, helping portfolio founders, great examples like Goodwater and Signal Fire and Basis Set, Tribe, NFX, all use data for you know various reasons. But what's your perspective on how data and automation will affect you know, the fund operations market? And what do you anticipate to see as managers have more and more at their disposal when it comes to information, technology stacks, and automation? There are lots of companies really evolving to, to take advantage of you know, these markets that are changing really rapidly. One of my colleagues actually just sent me an article that in, within five years, even every venture firm will have some component of, of an artificial intelligence you know, piece of their technology stack. That's a prediction that I think uh, that one of my colleagues saw in an article. And so data is, is definitely becoming very valuable and very useful, very necessary. And in fact, coming back to the, you know, the focus for LPs, when you're raising a fund, I think LPs in general, uh, what we hear is they may have a, you know, a pretty sophisticated stack of tools that allow them to report and track data across the entire portfolio. But the visibility and, and access that they're even able to provide to LPs or what they end up providing is, is pretty limited. And LPs are, you know, what we're hearing at least is they want, they want more transparency. They want to be, have access to an ecosystem where information flows more freely. You know, our vision again is bringing data strategy and data infrastructure to private markets. And if you look at sort of what separates private markets from public markets today and all of the individual pieces of those public markets and service providers, one of the things that is absolutely true is is a is a very solid infrastructure of data and flowing of information. I think we we are going to be one of many companies that are going to be crucial to helping that you know the evolution continue and actually accelerate. It's interesting because VC of you know having been in it for so long, it is was certainly one of the most esoteric and hard to understand asset categories, and it behaves differently. The participants behave differently, and there's at least my feeling is there's a sense of manufactured opaqueness that um, is due to people wanting to keep things closer to the vest. But how do you see that evolving? Performance level data isn't necessarily found, certainly not like the private markets, but even I see it much more in private equity. How do you think that the market changes more from a global standpoint and how data is now used more publicly to create markets, enhance, you know, those secondary markets. Do you have an opinion or a view on that? I think some of the more innocent parts of what we're trying to do, and I think this is actually a, can be a, a shock to managers that are kicking off a fund and, and actually getting up to speed quickly on all of the work and administration and operations that goes into raising capital, deploying capital, reporting on, uh, on the use of capital. One of our sort of innocent, you know, approaches is, is we want to free up 
the talent in this ecosystem to do the thing that they're really good at. Um, so for you know emerging funds, the, the things that they're very good at are picking great companies and raising capital, raising subsequent funds. They are also required to sort of maintain the operational expertise and sophistication of, of much larger firms with bigger fees and, and much more resources. And when an LP is sort of looking at ways to allocate capital in the venture ecosystem, you know, quite frankly, they, they almost expect the operational excellence of a billion dollar fund. They expect that same level of excellence of a $25 million fund that's, that's looking to raise capital from them. So I believe there will be a more standardized way Companies like Omni will will continue to bring value into the ecosystem that will that will allow firms to present and actually you know present a compelling story to an LP to leverage technology and automation that allows them to punch above their weight class, so to speak. But I think it will also open up you know open up possibilities for for larger firms to leverage data in a more sophisticated and powerful way than what they're doing today. It's an important point to bring up that LPs today are much more demanding when it comes to the institutional type of infrastructure as firms of all sizes have. And I'm curious, just because you do talk to a ton of LPs of all sizes and shapes, what are they saying to you? And have you seen situations where an LP has told you, hey, we backed away from the table, not because we didn't like the thesis or the manager themselves, but we just didn't feel that they were institutional already from a fund operations perspective. Going back to my original question, kind of how do you prove as a manager, how do you actually verify what you're telling your LPs you own is actually what you own? And I've heard kind of all, all many flavors of, of this example, but on the extreme end, how, how does an LP get comfortable with the, the securities that you're presenting to them are, are actually indeed what you own? And have heard a war story of you know, a portion of a portfolio that was in just entirely, you know, entirely fictional um, was was made up. So, you know, we're now getting into fraud and, and that sort of thing. But it comes back to the core question, like, shouldn't it be easy to verify and actually present a prospective LP, prove to them that what you're reporting on is actually legitimate? I think the more interesting part of private markets is in, in, at some level, what makes up private markets is complex corporate transactions that are heavily negotiated. That span hundreds of pages. So when a venture investor is buying a Series A preferred share, um, they're getting much more than just an economic right in that company. There is a very complex structure of, of legal and economic rights that are attached to that investment that can actually tie into how the firm should be thinking about valuing that position. Kind of going back to my core question, I, I think managers should feel comfortable and want to ultimately be able to answer and ve- verify that the portfolio that they're presenting uh, is actually indeed what they own. And what we enable is to give much more granular analytical tools around how to think about legal frameworks and rights in a specific company. How should that tie into a, into the way that you're thinking about the prospects of this company? Um, if you are planning to bring in you know, opportunity-type investments into your, your organization, you actually have legal rights to those pro rata allocations in a future round. Um, and if not, what's the strategy in place to sort of you know leverage the relationship in other ways to make sure that there is allocation to maintain ownership? Really see a lot of flavors of of that type of you know that type of issue. But uh, at its core, I think LPs do ask those types of questions and and want comfort around the data that you're showing me is actually valid and accurate and something they can rely on to make their own investment decision. Totally makes sense, Kelsey. I uh, really love what you guys are doing for you know the venture community. Love the data angle and really appreciate you being on the show. 
Yeah, this was a lot of fun, Samir. Th thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Venture Unlocked. We really hope you enjoyed it. To learn more about Kelsey and Omni, be sure to go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify where you'll find detailed notes in the show. While you're there, hit the subscribe button in order to get each and every Venture Unlocked episode as soon as it's released.